Welcome to Mind Your Own Retirement, part of Your Life Choices. Great to have you with us. Episode number 12 of our podcasts and Kay Fallick is away for a couple of weeks and joined very happily by the news editor of Your Life Choices, Janelle Ward. Hello, Janelle. Hello, John. Nice to have you company wherever you happen to be right now, folks. Janelle's going to be with us for a little time. How long are we lucky to have you with us? I think it might actually be either two or four episodes because Kay is on extended vacation she's in, in a European she's in destination. No, she ha- is having a very well-deserved holiday. She, d- she doesn't get away enough. So. We've spoken on the phone a couple of times. You've asked we me have. about sex. And, and you've referred to our sex poll, and, which uh, I've tried to get one in the office, but we haven't actually got one yet. Yeah, well, that's okay. Um, and uh, we've, uh, we've spoken about many other things as well. And uh, as news editor, um, what is your history? Obviously, you're a journalist by trade. I am. I've always been a journalist. I should have tried something different. but No, if you got it, you got it. Well, look, I was a sports journalist for 25 years, so this is really. Quite- this is quite a change up. This is ah. my this is only my second AFL season where I'm not actively involved in reporting or editing is on that, that. Right. And it's it's hard. It's hard not to be what involved. What were some of your biggest shocks when you came to being news editor? of the company? It was a serious learning curve because I know nothing about such things as superannuation, age pensions, retirement income. It was all a joy to research and it's all the things I really need to know about because I'm I'm almost there. Yeah. I'm not going to be there. I've got years to go before I stop work, but I do need to get my head out of the sand and learn a little bit about where is my super parked and what level of, uh, you know, fund is it in and when can I get it and how long is it going to last? Because I'm a bit concerned about that. Your Life Choices is a fabulous resource for so many people and you've got some wonderful members who do give you a lot of feedback and I noticed that uh, talking to Kay or listening to Kay, there's always a lot of reference back to surveys and you're always finding out what do your members worry about? What do they want to know about? What are they thinking? Our members are an amazing resource. We have 230,000 members and they engage with us like no other members I've ever been involved with. They tell us exactly, call a spade a spade. They tell us what they want to hear and what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Um, But superannuation is a big deal. I mean, retirement income is massive. Well, that's the engine room for what you're able to do. It is. And uh, on this podcast, we're going to be talking about travel. We're going to be talking about dementia. We're going to be talking about money. And there's a lot of multitasking, which I can't do. (laughs) But... You've done a survey or you've seen a survey? Oh, well, I have some information about multitasking. Well, well, women can multitask more than guys. Well, that's exactly right. That's exactly what I thought. I mean, me multitasking, I do it. You know, with the hands. It's not anecdotal. I mean, you know, you're you're not a young woman. You know that. I know I multitask. Women can do it much better than guys. Exactly. Except, except, it's not true. According to this survey, men are just as good at multitasking as women, and I don't get it, but it was a. Who did the survey? Well. I should have I should have checked that, shouldn't I? Yeah, but it was men's yeah. health. Yeah, but it was men's health. <laughs> it was, but you know what? There's, there are there are dangers in multitasking. Maybe too many, too many balls in the air. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. focus, yeah. focus. So you know that that old word mindfulness, like actually being mm. mindful about what you are doing at this point in time, and not thinking about the to do list and what you're having for dinner, and My the dog needs walking. My mum always said, wherever you are, be there. Very good advice from your mum. 
Janelle Ward is the news editor, and uh, we're going to be talking about uh, a lot of things on this episode 12 of Mind Your Own Retirement. Coming up next, we've got the CEO of Dementia Australia. And let's talk dementia. And we have a very important guest on the phone, the Dementia Australia CEO, Marie McCabe, is on the phone right now. And a very good morning to you, Marie. Good morning. And it's lovely to have you uh, with us uh, talking about Dementia Awareness Month. Well, that's right. And this year we're actually doing Dementia Action Week instead of Dementia Awareness Month. And we changed it because what we wanted was to not only raise awareness, but to call people to action, to take action and to take action about discrimination. And so the theme for this Dementia Awareness Week, Dementia Action Week, I'm doing it now, Dementia Action Week is uh, it's about discrimination and what it, our theme is dementia doesn't discriminate to you. It's a wonderful survey, Marie. I've read through some of the questions and they really do make you think about how you might interact with someone with dementia. Can you explain how some of the prejudices that the average person might hold about speaking to someone with dementia? Absolutely. And Often I think there are so many myths about dementia that it's not well understood and what people don't understand they often fear and we did a survey last year and it was around uh, isolation and around discrimination looking at what is the view of the general community and what we found was that about 60% of people were worried about speaking with somebody living with dementia and they were worried that they didn't know what to say and they were worried how the person would react. But the fantastic thing was that 50% of people said they wanted to know. They wanted to know what they could do to make a difference. And often people discriminate unintentionally and it may be something like instead of talking to the person living with dementia, they speak to their carer instead. And the person living with dementia is quite capable of having a conversation. Mm. But it's just that, you know, people have fears around this and there's a lack of understanding. And that's what we want to bring to the table. Marie, tell me, how does one know that one is getting towards uh, the curse of dementia? I mean, what are the scales? How do you quantify it? Well, right now in Australia, we've got around 447,000 Australians living with dementia. It's the second leading cause of death after heart disease and the leading cause of death of women. And by 2058, without a medical breakthrough, we will have around 1.1 million Australians living with dementia. Why does somebody die from dementia? Well, dementia is a disease of the brain and it depends on the area of the brain that it affects. The areas of the brain die off and often people with dementia, they have their mobility affected but and they'll die of perhaps a secondary condition like pneumonia. But the actual cause is dementia. They wouldn't have got pneumonia had they been mobile and able to function. And areas of the brain that die off may be responsible for the functioning of particular organs in our body and so the person can then have some sort of organ or system failure and the cause of that is dementia. So unfortunately it is a terminal condition. Marie, I hear and read almost daily updates on, you know, supposed breakthrough or a development or or some new discovery relating to dementia, but are they to be believed? Is there actually anything solid 
being uh, being done in order to understand or, or or retard the advance of dementia? It's a great question and there is some fantastic research going on and what we know is that every time we do research that we get a bit closer. There is no golden bullet, unfortunately. There's no cure on the horizon. However, there are things that we can do to potentially delay getting dementia and delay the exacerbation of dementia. So we know that lifestyle factors can influence our risk of getting dementia and for people that have dementia, they may be able to live well with dementia by implementing some of these lifestyle strategies. Now, many people live well with dementia and what we want to do is to ensure that they live well longer. And so exercise is really good. It's great for the body. It's great for the brain. And we know that exercise increases the volume of the brain. So it delays the onset of dementia and then it can delay the progression of dementia potentially. We're talking about the awareness of dementia with the Dementia Australia CEO, Marie McCabe. And uh, it's great to have you with us. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Marie, can you tell us about, I, I believe it's a, is it an app called A Better Visit? It is indeed. And we developed this app because many carers and family members were saying that they were worried about visiting their loved one with dementia, particularly as the person's dementia advanced. Oh, that's so sad. It is sad. And, you know, we know that there's a lot of social isolation that occurs Mm. in residential care as well, and that about 50% of people in care actually don't have visitors. Now, we want to encourage that level of engagement. And one of the things that we developed is the Better Visit app. And it's a fabulous app. It's a, it's about playing. There are games there. The games are linked to music that's age appropriate for the person. They're fun. They're very simple. And they can be played well into somebody's dementia as it advances. And the feedback we've had from this, this is amazing. People are getting a lot of pleasure out of engaging with the app with their loved one living with dementia. Children can play this. It's really a fabulous tool. That sounds amazing. Is it available from your website, Marie? It's actually available from the App Store. And so it's only available on tablets, so either on iPad or um, on one of the other tablets. Is there a cost for it? No, it's actually free. It's a free download. Excellent. Wow. It's just a a wonderful thing you're doing. Uh, How's the government going with funding? And I know you're not going to be happy with that. (laughs) So here's your chance to to have a crack. Go on. That's right. Well, look, we are always looking for more funding and one, you know, a, a number of our programs are funded by the Australian government and, of course, as the prevalence of dementia grows, so does the demand for our services and it's something that we are always talking to government about is how we can better serve the community that we are designed to serve and ensure that they get the care, the services and the support that they need. Our friends who are listening to Mind Your Own Retirement right now would be fascinated to go to your website. Where do, how do they find out more, Murray? please go to dementia.org.au or if you have a question or need specific information, please call our National Dementia Helpline on 1800 100 500 and our team of experts will be very pleased to help you. Thank you very much, Marie. That was such a lot of useful information. I, it's, uh, it's a daunting prospect that so many of us are maybe going to be there one day. Mm. Um, I'm delighted that you and your team are... Uh, looking out for everybody. Yeah, more power to you. 
Thank you. It was a pleasure speaking with you and thank you so much for profiling this and uh, raising awareness for Dementia Action Week. You're welcome here any time at all. If you've got something to tell us, make sure you get in touch. Do you know what I'd like to do now? Go for a run? Oh, no, I'd like to go travelling. Can we go travelling next? Oh, let's do that. Somewhere special. Stay with us. You're listening to Mind Your Own Retirement, part of Your Life Choices. As promised, we are going travelling, Janelle Ward, and we have from Cairns the Director of Marketing and Sales for the Shangri-La, if you don't mind, in Cairns. Kim Blaine is on the line. Hello, Kim. Hello, John. You lucky, lucky person working up there at the beautiful Shangri-La. Yes, it's a terrible place to live and work, but somebody's got to do it. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and I believe uh, my co-host... Janelle was recently up there. Did she behave herself or did you have to get the room completely redone? Janelle behaved herself, but ultimately what goes on to her stays on to her. (laughs) Thank you, That's the spirit. It was a marvellous visit. Cairns is... Cairns was a revelation for me. I hadn't really explored Cairns. For me, it had been a place where you fly into and then you drive out of on the way to... Somewhere else. Palm Cove or Port Douglas, but it was brilliant. Kim, on, on that front, I mean, Cairns seems to me to be the perfect location. It's it's between the rainforest and the reef and there's dozens of tours leaving from the marina, which is just outside the Shangri-La's front door. What would be your um, choice of activities to do on three or four days in Cairns? Well, the main reason that people are coming up here is to see the reef and the rainforest, and there's multiple choices of what to do as far as that goes. So, as you know, we're located right next door to the Reef Fleet Terminal. We've got something like 100 different operators going out to the reef, and that really depends on what people are looking for. So we've got boats that take up to three, 400 people, boats that will only take six people, and all sorts of choices in between. Secondly, there is obviously the rainforest. There's a short day trip. Um, most people will go do the sky rail up to Karanda. I've done that. It's lots of fun. You go to the the market, if I remember. You end up at a market. That's right, John. There's some beautiful markets up there, mainly local handicrafts, which is great for the tourists to see and support all of our locals, Mm. um, as well as a... The food trails, so tasting food. People can go up by the cable car and see the rainforest from above and then come back via the um, the train line and it's a really lovely way to see the surrounds. Um, there's tours up to the Daintree, which is, of course, the oldest rainforest in the world. And we also have Cape Tribulation, where you've got the two World Heritage areas being the reef and the rainforest meeting. Again, a lot of people say to me, I'd like to go to the reef, I'd like to go to the rainforest, what should I do? And it's really a matter of sitting down for an hour or so and finding out what people are looking for because there's so many choices of of that to do. I'm booking now. Have a chat to Kim. I'm just about to go and get my my booking. Lovely. You let me know. No problem about that. Now, the Shangri-La, you've you've been through a fairly extensive um, renovation. Is that right? Can I just back up on this a bit, Janelle? Because the Shangri-La is certainly uh, a group, a name mm. that is synonymous with extraordinary um, hospitality. It's, it's, it's one of the, the premium uh, brands, correct, Kim? Yes, thank you, John. I've lived and worked all over Australia in five-star hotels. Very privileged to have been working with Shangri-La for the last five and a half years. It's a very lovely company to work for and very much has a philosophy of 
if you train, nurture and teach your staff like family, they'll look after the guests like family. So it's very much hospitality from the heart. Um, I've been very humbled by the way that the company looks after its people, especially in light of some world incidents that have happened to the group lately and how they've taken on nurturing those people. Um, I'm very privileged to be working with this company. Mm. Is that one of the reasons, the amazing hospitality and that almost family-friendly inclusiveness that is your trademark, is that one of the reasons you've had royalty to stay at your... Uh, at the Shangri-La in Cairns? Very much so, as well as we are a very unusual property. I describe this property as being long-wise instead of high-rise. We have 255 rooms, but only three levels. So I always laugh when people say I need to be on a lower floor as we're quite close to the water. Um, we're a very secure hotel um, and we have some fantastic staff that have been here for 50 to 20 years with us. So, who can you? Who did come to stay I'm actually allowed to say that Are now you? because oh, good. it's okay. well known now. So we had the privilege of hosting Prince Charles after the Commonwealth Games this year um, and it was a highlight of, of my career and my time in hotels. Was he a difficult guest? He was a lovely man, John. I've hosted a lot more difficult guests. Um, <laughs> to the extent I had the privilege of meeting him, so my mother was teaching me how to curtsy, which is quite funny, <laughs> but that's a whole other story. He was a very lovely man. He insisted on meeting some of our housekeeping staff, thanking them. He apologised to us for all the fuss and bother of which there wasn't. Um, it, admittedly, I'm, I'm not a royalist, um, but I was quite surprised at just how approachable and how lovely he was and how the whole visit went. He made a big point of speaking to not just the upper management staff but some of our other staff in the hotel. Kim, we might be frightening a lot of people to think, well, that's not for me. It's a bit out of my range. Um, You know, so let's let's bring it back to earth and say, you know, you you do not have to be royalty. You don't have to be, you know, Janelle Ward. Um, (laughs) I want to say, you know, regular folks are more than welcome and extremely affordable to stay at Shangri-La in Cairns. That's correct. Our rates do obviously fluctuate depending on the day of the week, the time of the year. Obviously, we're in the middle of peak season at the moment. You could still get a a room and breakfast here for around that $200 mark. And we've got a range of various rooms, John. So... Our deluxe rooms have a view of the pool, city of the garden. We've got rooms with views of the marina. We've got suites, which are great for families, as well as club rooms. So, But it is very affordable. Five-star in Cairns is around 50% of the price of five-star in Sydney. So it's wow. just uh, we're in a regional and now, area. And now with the, the jet stars and the tigers, etc., it's it's very easy and very affordable to, to get up there if you want to have a, a long weekend or what have you. That's correct. And some of our our hidden little secrets up here, obviously everyone knows Kansas is based on the Great Barrier Reef, but we've got fantastic people and fantastic food. I often get people say to me, I was surprised at the calibre of restaurants in Cairns. So we've got some, again, really, really good restaurants, really, really good food that uses a lot of the local regional food, and people are very surprised at that. So... That's a little hidden gem. How can folks find out more about what's on offer at the Shangri-La in Cairns? The best way is to go directly onto our website, which is www.shangri-la/cairns. Um, TTNQ, which is Tropical Tourism North Queensland, has quite comprehensive information on site about everything to do for all different demographics. Thank you, Kim. That's wonderful information. And... Um 
I just don't know why various we'll people we'll are sitting in soon, Melbourne. Kim. Oh, I look forward to it. Yes, don't don't fly overseas. Come up to Cairns. Exactly. Take care. Take care. Kim Blaine, the director of sales and marketing, Shangri-La Hotel Cairns. It's a wonderful place to go see the reef, go see the rainforest, anything you want to do, or just relax by the pool. We'll be back with more after this. Folks, I'd like to talk to you about Your Life Choices Pension Checker. Now, this is an easy-to-use financial tool that allows you to calculate exactly how much you should be receiving in fortnightly pension payments and supplements. It's very well priced at just $29.95 per year. Visit pensionchecker.com.au and make today the day you take control of your income with Your Life Choices Pension Checker. Mind Your Own Retirement, it's the podcast from Your Life Choices and we have the news editor Janelle Ward as our special guest host for the next couple of weeks and we're uh, going back to the office now and having a chat to Ben. Ben Hocking, he's one of the digital journalists and also he's the Centrelink guru. Hello, Ben. G'day, guys. How are you going? I'm good. Tell me, you answer dozens of questions from our 230,000 members mm-hmm. on, a, on a daily basis. So you know most things there are to know about Centrelink. But there is one aspect that I think concerns our members a lot, and, and that's not only just getting through on the phone. It's whether Centrelink checks your bank account to sort of... Um, you mean like snooping into yeah, it? Yeah, something like a lot that. Of that. Um, and the answer is sort of yes and no. Like they're not constantly monitoring everyone's bank accounts, but they will cross-reference information that they get from other government departments. Mostly there we're talking about the ATO, so the tax office. And if they see something flags in their system that you've told the tax office one thing and you've told Centrelink another thing, then they will request from your bank information and they, they, they are able to, re- to request and access that information in those situations. And are you alerted if that was to happen? Um, I don't believe you are alerted to the fact that that, that is happening. But that, they, that, that, that information is sent through to Centrelink and I don't think you are told. Um, so I think that's what we're seeing with a lot of the robo-debt that's, yeah, what I was going to say next. Is this sort of part of the whole robo-debt scheme? Um, yes, it, it is part of the thing that they're doing, is what they are talking about going is the next step is this taking this data matching to that level. Ex- explain the, uh, robo-debt. The robo-debt is the system where they're basically setting up the computer to check that you're telling them, giving them the right information. Uh-huh. Um, and so it's been controversial lately because it's, finding a lot of false debts because it's not processing the information correctly necessarily. So there are big calls to stop the program. Labor's big on, on stopping the robo-debt program because it's, it's finding so many false debts and putting so much undue pressure on probably the, um, you know, the, the weakest members of our society, the ones least able to, to cope with this. So, so do our age pensioners need to actually give... Centrelink approval or permission to check their bank accounts or is that just something that is is part of receiving an age pension? Yeah, that's part of giving the age pension is that they can then request it from the bank. So the bank is in a position to deny it, but they, they, they generally won't deny it if it's checking, you know, that your information you've provided them is accurate mm. and that you're not giving them false information or fraudulent information to claim a pension, then they can check that. The other things that people aren't aware of necessarily in terms of snooping is your social media accounts. 
Ah. It's sometimes monitored by Centrelink, especially wow. for claiming to be um, a single pensioner. Yeah. And you're on Facebook and you're clearly like Have a celebrating just being married mm. or you're doing things together and it's quite, you've bought a house together or any, any of those things. Look, they, at, that, look at our new Porsche. social media accounts and you, then, that can leave you in big trouble. Wow. It's um, shades of Big Brother is watching you. Absolutely. It's very, it can be very scary. Yeah, it's, you know, they would say that if you're not doing the wrong thing, then there's... There's nothing to worry about, yeah. Nothing to worry yeah, about, but I don't yeah. think people necessarily, you know, consider that there's government departments looking well, at their social media accounts and their yeah. social media activity. You know, like some of the feedback that I've seen from members is that it, the age pension can be quite complex. So just learning what you... Um, what the rules and regulations are and what you do need to declare and not declare. I mean, is this sort of part of maybe feeding into concern among older Australians who are on the age pension? Well, I think so. And I think honest mistakes are generally, you know, discovered and you're able to um, correct them fairly fairly simply. When these debts are raised and and they look suspicious, um, and there's a number of ways that Centrelink, which we're finding out through the robo-debt scheme, can um, access the money, take that money back. Mm. Now, if you get sent a letter saying that you're, you've owed money because your pension's been calculated incorrectly based on information you've provided, they will send you a letter first telling you to do that and set up a payment plan. But if you refuse to make payments, then Centrelink can reduce your pension by up to 15% to cover back that, to get that money back. So that is one of, one of the things and they can garnish your tax return, which is what, is what we're seeing with robo-debt as well. Some people are not being notified that they have a debt and um, they're just finding out that they've just taken the money straight from their tax returns. Well, it pays to be uh, vigilant and honest, I guess. Upfront and honest. Ben, thank you so much for giving up your time on this episode of Your Life Choices, uh, Mind Your Own Retirement. Thank you, Ben. Thanks, guys. Okay, so uh, we've certainly covered a lot of territory. We've we've talked about uh, dementia, that uh, terrible scourge, and uh, we've uh, been to beautiful Cairns, and we've uh, come clean with Ben. It's uh, been truly informative and entertaining. Are you going to leave us with a a nugget, Janelle Ward? In the Kayfalic tradition, a nugget. Today is International Literacy Day. Aha, what does that mean? Well... I think it's just an opportunity to yeah, take out the books, mm. um, maybe take the grandkids to the library. Uh, what a great resource the library oh, is too. You forget about how you good do, libraries you are. You really do. I take my two-year-old to the library mm. um, every Friday. It's uh, You've got mm. thousands of books there. Read to your kids, read to your grandkids, and they'll be the better off for it. Okay, so there you go, folks. Go to the library, International Literacy Day. Uh, Janelle Ward, the news editor from Your Life Choices, thank you so much for being part of the show today. Oh, my pleasure. And we'll see you on episode uh, 13. Thank you, John. So go to Your Life Choices and uh, that's the place to find out just a plethora of information and we'll see you next time.